In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if you have ever struggled with a stronghold. Let me explain. It's not that you're not saved. You know you're saved. But there are still things after salvation that seems to linger on. Ah. Matter of fact, you have tried, you have wept over, you have prayed over, but there's certain things where Satan seems to have a foothold, a strong. I know we don't talk about these things. I know people don't pray about these things. I don't expect too many, too many amens because I really have come to make us uncomfortable. Because the truth of the matter is, as long as we stay quiet, we, we, we're going to put on the air like we got it all together. But can I be honest with you? None of us got it all together. All of us is in a war of all wars. And even though you're safe, you still have not arrived at your destination. And devil's going to try every little thing to keep you back to hold you back, to impede, to keep you discouraged, to, to make you think that what's wrong with me. Paul says, I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices, which means that his strategy is planned out. There's a method to his madness. There is wisdom, evil wisdom, in how he does it. In fact, he copies God. <laughs> but on the opposite side. And every day, we are confronted with attitudes, thoughts, situations, sometimes people, <laughs> that is in our way and, and, and they make it hard for us to push through. Push through. Paul in our text calls it strongholds. And, and what's it? He said, it, it is reasoning, human reasoning. It is arguments that, that we hold when, when God tells us to do something or we know we should do something. And there's an argument that rises up inside of us that argues against the word of God. Matter of fact, if there's emotion because of our past experiences. And you can be as cute as you want to be. But if, if people could see Our minds will go through our hearts. They, they will be shocked. And if we really knew what was inside of one another, 
we wouldn't come to church together. <laughs> Until you realize we all are in this struggle together. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me put a footnote here. So how dare we put our foot on anybody else when you got your own struggle? How dare we when we, and what that tells me that when we do that, we don't see ourselves. Because when we get honest and get for real with God and ourselves, we were praying for other people that are struggling because we were recognized. I got my own struggles and I got my hand full with fighting my fight. <laughs> Strongholds. Strongholds. My, my thought is, how, how did they develop, Lord? How, how did that de develop? But as, as I go to Psalms 1, and, and Psalms is the book of song. It is really the, divided into five sections. There's really five song books. It's a collection of their singing, of their chatting, the book of Psalms. It, it, it goes from uh, 1 to 150. And, and it's, it's amazing how the 150 Talk about praising God. Praise God. Let everything have breath. Praise God. And it talk about praise. So it ends in praise. And it begins with teaching. But all the way in between is every emotion. Every struggle. When I depress, I go to the Psalms. You know why? I find David depressed in the Psalms. And, and his words encouraged me to come up out of my depression. Uh, so I know some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy because some of y'all think if you're a Christian, you don't get depressed. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We all have down days. One of the things you got to learn as a Christian is to be for real. But know that you got the power to confront and defeat whatever the devil throw at you, but it takes work. You're not up all the time. There's some days you just don't feel like it. But you don't allow yourself to be overcome by your feelings, and you go by faith, and you keep praising him, you keep thanking him, when you don't feel like it, and sooner or later, your feelings will catch up with you have made a commitment. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me prove it. Some of y'all that's married, sometimes you wish you wasn't. Don't raise your hand, look straight. Don't say nothing. Don't say amen too loudly if they sit next to you. But what keeps you in it is a commitment to God. It's not always about feelings. If that's true, and the biggest example of our relationship with the Lord is marriage, and then we have been called to a commitment. 
A commitment is that I am determined to say yes when I don't feel like it. I'm determined. I, I make myself. Listen to this psalm, Psalms 1. And what it says is this. There's two words for blessed in the Hebrew. The first word is that God's favor on you, God's blessing on you. This in the Psalms right here, the word blessed is the other word that says this. People can see that God's hands on you. <laughs> oh, listen, you may not see it, but uh, it's what people say. People say, fortunate, prosperous, envious, God's hands on her. God's hands on her. And it may not be that everything is going well, but it's something about them that you know that God's hands is on them. Hold on, hold on. This is a different thought than the English version of our thinking, because we think, okay, they rich, don't have to be. I mean that everything going well. Everything don't go well for nobody. Matter of fact, can I be honest with you? The more blessed you are, have the favor of God on you, the more Satan's gonna attack you. that is walking with the hand of God, they're walking with God, and God has made it evident, this is my man. This is my woman. Can I prove that to you? Remember the book of Genesis? It is, it is, it is Cain and Abel, and some theologians believe that they were twins, because it doesn't say that Adam knew his wife again, but it said that she bore it again, and, and here they are, and they know what to do, and, and, and Cain doesn't do the right thing, but he gets so mad at his brother. He sees it. He sees that his brother got something that he don't got. What was it? Favor. Can I, can I throw something here? Favor is not meant to be fair. Favor comes because someone makes the determination they're going to chase God anyhow. They have made up their mind, I'd rather have you than the riches of this world. I'd rather have you than make friends with the world. I'd rather have you than be in good standing with my family because it will set you apart and make you alone. Some of us is too worried about what other people think. I still don't understand this like thing on social media and when people don't like what you put out there, you get depressed. I still don't understand that. Hold on, they don't know you. Have we become so fragile of needing approval from everybody that 
people we don't know that's sitting behind a keyboard can affect your mood for today because they don't like something you put out there? Have we become so fragile that we don't know who we are, that, 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 that people can, 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 not, can unfriend me? And it ruins my day, my week, my month. Wait a minute. The scope of your identity has to be formed from God. From God. And, and, and in walking in him, God will begin to lift you in front of other people. I think that God will on purpose make people jealous of you. Uh, when you begin to walk with God, God on purpose separates you. God on purpose makes you different. God on purpose sets you apart so that those that's not walking with him are made that type of commitment, that type of a serious walk with him where they see what God has placed on you, how you attract people, how people come to you the type of friends you got, that, that they would say, well, I want that too, but, but they not willing to pay the cost. Turn to you that it's a cost to being blessed. There's a cost to having a favor of God. It's a cost. See, away with this simple Christianity that I accepted Jesus, that I can do whatever I want to do, the way I want to do it, when I want to do it, and still be blessed. <laughs> he said, blessed, blessed is that, blessed. And, and he starts with the negative. He said, who, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, Who are you listening to? Who do you call on the phone? Let me ask you. Are they godly? What, what, what do you allow to enter into our eye gates, our ear gates, our mouth gates? Because that is getting into our heart. We said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, but it's not affecting me. Wait a minute. Satan is in it for the long game, not the short game. And what we don't understand, there are seeds being planted in our hearts that after a while you begin to take on the characteristic of whatever you hang around. You become slowly. Matter of fact, did you know that you can take a frog, put it in a pot of cold water, set it on the stove, and, and turn the oven, turn the stove on. And that frog will adapt to the environment and will not jump out because it doesn't realize it's in danger of being boiled to death. It just said, I'm okay. 
getting a little hot in here, but I'm okay. And it okays itself to death. Lord, Lord. Listen, listen. He, he talked about the counsel of the ungodly. Now watch it. And, 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 it, and it, it goes, it, it graduates from now standing in the path of the sinner. One is thinking, it's talk. Sinner is doing. It become action now. You're no longer talking about it. But hold on. If you talk about something long enough, let me go to this side. If you think about something long enough, it, it begins to get in your heart, good or bad, good or bad. It, it begins to get in the heart, I should do this to them. I should. And, and watch this. And whilst in your thinking is not sin yet, you can, you can kick it out when the thought comes. But if you don't let go of it, and you continue to feed it, you let somebody else feed it, and you continue down that path. Now he says, watch this, now, now you're standing in the pathway, and now you're actually doing things that is not according to God's heart. Sinner means you miss the aim of loving God and loving your neighbor. Oh, shut your mouth. Did, did you see what the two I used? I use the two golden rules that watch this. It's not just God you, you got, but it's if I love God, I'm going to love people. Yes. Yes. So watch this. If I'm unloving to people, I'm unloving to God. It's so quiet in here. See, we think we, think we could do this. Wait a minute. True walk with God is, it affects how I am with people. You can't tell me you that close to God and you nasty with people. You can't tell me God's happy with us when, when, we, when we treat people like they dirt. You can't tell me God is pleased with our worship. You can say like a hummingbird, but, but if you can't walk and love people that you don't even know. Sometimes it's harder to love people we know. He said the whole Ten Commandments, all of God's love is loving God and loving people. The way we treat one another is a determination of how we are with God. The church should be flowing on with people running because they're finding love here. They're finding acceptance here. They're finding help here because we've been where you are. So how can I put you down? Let me walk with you. Let me show you how the Lord got me out. Let me... Of us, if we're not careful, you can.
can get caught up. Let me explain. The next one says sin. You know what sin is? You don't got comfortable in it. I mean, hold on, hold on. Did you know that you can get so comfortable in your ways, in your sins, that you won't even allow somebody, someone to correct you? Not even the word of God. Hold on, can, can I go? Can I go a step farther? He says the scarf. Now watch how this is it, 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 going from one level to the next level. It's progressively going downward. Y'all see that? He said, well, a marker is that you now talk about folks that don't do it your way. Blessed at this end, marker at this end. The marker is mocking, making fun of the person that does it right. God showed me something. He showed me something. I saw this look on a person, and I was stunned by the look. And, and the Holy Spirit started dealing with me. He said, you ever seen that look before? So yeah, Lord, I've I, I seen it on everyone. I've I seen it on myself. He said, you know what that look is? I said, no, what? He said, that is a prideful look. I said, Lord, forgive me. Because I seen that on me. It's the attitude. It's one that I'm going to do what I want to do, regardless what you say. And I saw how absolutely ugly that we that are nothing will have that look at God. Mocking is that. Mocking is that when you make fun of what's right, now, now, now what's bad is right and what's right is wrong in that era that you want to This is being stuck. This is stronghold. This is, I, I, I'm not. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. It's funny that while we're dealing with surface stuff, God deals with heart stuff. It's funny that the way we see things is not the way God sees things. And as God begins to show us how he sees things, what does it do is say, Lord, I don't like that. Help me to change. The summons here begin to tell us, he says, but. <laughs> I think that God puts a but in our lives. That means that up to now it's been negative, 
but you don't have to continue in this thought process because, can, can I be honest with you? What Satan has done, he has taken the principle God has used to make us more like Christ, and he has used it to make us look more like him. That, that, that stand, that walk, that sit, I mean, it took thought process. It took putting yourself around it, in it, thinking about it, meditating on it, until you became stuck and it became a straw. So now, when you try to get up, it's holding you. Is that clear on strongholds? It didn't happen overnight. So most times you won't get delivered overnight. But there's a but God. Somebody say but God. <laughs> there's a but God. He says, he says, but, but, what's this? He says, when you make your delight, you're not reading out of duty. You're not reading that you can check the box. You're not reading that you can say, I did my devotional. But you are actually seeking the heart of God. Show me you, Lord. I need to see you, Lord. God says, when you seek me with all of your heart, I show up. Can, can I say this? God wants to show us himself more than what we want to see him. Let me get to my illustration. I think we need an illustration of this. And I'll come back to this next week. Here David, at 15, no older than 15, because when you count how many brothers, you count the one that was in war at the age of 20. If his mom had a baby once a year, David would be 15 when he encountered Goliath. When he, when he, when he hit him with the rock, many believe that the rocks knocked him out but didn't kill him. So David didn't have a sword, so he took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. Now watch this. He takes the head of Goliath and bury it, the King James says, in Jerusalem. Hold on. There is no Jerusalem at this time. But he buried on the outside of this fortress of the Jebusites. The Jebusites is right there in the middle of the promised land and they got this fortified fortress that's been there. I did the calculation for about 397 years. Joshua couldn't take them out. Israel could never take them out because they had a water source so they didn't have to come out. They stayed in. And the Jebusites was the Israelites' thorn in the side. It was a stronghold right in the midst. As soon as David, at age 30, 15 years, he becomes the king of Israel. He's the king of Judah, but Israel don't make him king but later. 
15 years later, the first thing David says, he's going to say, Army man, let's go. We're no longer going to stand for, put up with the Jebusites being in our midst. No, that tells me he made up his mind. <laughs> David said, I know who I am. Hold on, hold on. But what about Goliath's hair? I think at 15, he said, where I become empowered, because I know I'm an anointed king, I'm going to move them out of the land. And he set the trophy of, of Goliath's skull in the ground saying, that victory is going to give me power for the next victory. Ah, oh, y'all got to hear me. You got to hear me. Small victories ought to empower you for the next victory. What God brought you through yesterday ought to encourage you for the day. What God has done in your past ought to make you have praise and, and more faith to face whatever come your way tomorrow. You can either let your struggle make you bitter or make you better and stronger. You know what? There are some bitter Christians because we don't like that God didn't do it our way. God will never do it our way. God's going to do it his way. And we got to struggle with that until we say, yes, Lord. I trust you. I don't have the full picture, but I trust your heart towards me. So even though I don't understand right now, trust you. I trust you. One of the hardest things to do is to continue to look up in a bad situation, in a terrible situation, in a hard situation, when God got you where you don't want to be, but you say, Lord, I trust you. <laughs> but Lord, I trust you. He looks at and remembers his past victories Hold on. Here he is. They're, they're surrounded by the Jebusites. Uh, uh, they're surrounding the Jebusites. And the Jebusites say this over the wall. <laughs> David, they're laughing at him. And they said, even our blind and our lame can conquer you. How can I say this? The devil is going to talk smack. Didn't Goliath talk smack? You know what David did? He talked smack back. And he used the word of God. Why are you sitting there allowing the devil to fill you with fear, with doubt, with, with apprehension? At some point, you ought to get mad. Oh, somebody need to hear me. God never told you to take everything the devil throws at you. He never told you to listen to his smack. God has given you enough word in his word that you need to open up your mouth and speak out of your mouth 
the word of God. You we getting mad at the wrong folks. You all get mad at the devil and say, hell no. You're going to hell. You coming with hell. Go back to hell in the name of Jesus because I know who I am. I know who I am. I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm more than a conqueror. I know he loves me. I know I'm covered by the blood. At some point, you got to speak it out of your mouth and claim your identity and your heritage that you are covered by the blood. You know, God will not do for you what he has given you the power to do for yourself. I said in the beginning, doesn't matter how you feel, speak it anyway. Your past experience does not determine how high God can take us. God is waiting on our faith to catch hold of what he says. This is the battle. Am I going to believe the word of God or my experiences? Are we going to believe our feelings or the word of God? David says it. He says, someone find the water spout. They're getting a source of water somewhere. There's an outward source feeding them that they don't need to come outside. Find where it is. Walk your way through and get on the inside. Because if water can get in, we can get in. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. (laughs) Y'all don't hear me. My my brother and sister, you got to cut off the source of what's feeding that attitude. You got to cut off whatever is feeding fear. You got to cut off whatever is feeding doubt. You got to quit allowing folks, people, Thanks, TV, whatever it is, yourself, and start getting to the Word of God more. And start feeding yourself the Word of God. What does God say about it? What does God say about it? What does God say about you? I am more than a conqueror. I am anointed. I am chosen. I am his child. I am a saint. Why do you say that? God said it. And if God says it, I believe it. He said that you would be like a tree planted. Isn't it funny there? You see these hurricanes in Florida and there's these palm trees. Show me the video. They're these palm trees. They, they, they're, not, they, they're, they're different than, than oaks. They're different. I mean, in the midst of a hurricane, these trees have the ability to bend at 50 to 40 degrees over and come back up. 
when you cut one of these trees in half, it, it don't have rings, but it is fibrous. There are, there, there, are, there are strings that are closely connected that are able to move in the bend. Ah, oh, shut your mouth. Listen, every struggle, every battle is another fiber of strength you've been through. Oh, oh. Oh, everything that God has brought you through. Every situation God has brought you out of, it added to the core of your strength that when the wind comes, you have the ability to bend in the wind, but you're coming back up. You're coming back up. Oh, it may be tough right now, but because of your past, because of what you've been through, because God has helped you to experience that he's been there. You know he's good. You know he's for you. You, you can be in the midst of your trouble, but when the wind stops, you coming back up. Is there anybody that ever been through a storm? That ever been through the rain, never been through the wind, but you made it. You came back up. In fact, you're stronger, you're better, you're closer because of what you've been through. Oh, you may bend, but you won't break. They said, they said, they said, they said, they said, because of the soil that these trees have learned not to have one or two strong, but they got a massive network of roots that has spread out wild and far. And they can take the rocking that can take the blowing. In fact, it makes them stronger because it makes the network of their fiber to tighten up when they bend. I'm talking to somebody. God did not allow you to go through what you've been through to kill you. He allowed you to go through it to make you stronger, to make you, to make you stand higher that you would know, that you know, that you know that your God is able. Is there anybody in the house that know God is able? Is there anybody in the house? You are stronger, you are better, your faith is stronger. You know him better because of what you've been through. God works backwards from what we think. I can say now, I would not trade anything I've been through because of what he has produced in me. 
You can be surface if you want to. And then when, when a little something hit, the peace of God, the presence of God, the strength of God is real. Where Satan says, we try, but we can't rock them. They keep coming back up. Instead of cursing the God, they love God even more. Their praise is greater. Their thanksgiving is greater. Well, they ought to be just, just down and out. Look at them. God is trying to get us where we are so rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus that God can display us and people can see it. Listen, you won't even see it, but people will see it. People will notice. And they will say, God has his hands on them. Blessed. Listen, listen, you can fake being blessed. <laughs> but you can't fake the hand of God on you. Can't fake that. To those that are watching, He's calling you. Maybe your storm is exactly what you need to get where God wants you to be.